Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Black Baseball Mixtape. I am your host, Cheats, and I'm joined by a very, very, very special guest. I'm in the clubhouse of the Harrisburg Senators, double-A affiliate of the Washington Nationals, and I've actually got a baseball legend for me, for me in front of me, manager of the Senators, Delano DeShields. Coach DeShields, welcome to the Mixtape. Welcome. It is an honor to have you on. I've, 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 I'm of the age where I've followed your career, seen you play, and now you are uh, several, several years into the managing game. <clears throat> First year with the Senators as their manager, lead skipper of the program. Let me start with this. What is the biggest difference slash challenge as somebody that's played the game at the highest level for a long time to translating the knowledge you know to some of these younger players, maybe 19, 20, 21 years old? What is the hardest job for you as a manager? Well, that, I've always thought about baseball. Baseball is like art, more so than science. You know what I mean? Even though there's a lot of numbers and things attached to the game. But baseball is like poetry. It's, it's art. You understand? Whereas today's environment is, is really, really data-driven. Um, and data responsive, and, and I think sometimes uh, the modern player or these young players today, they, they, they kind of suffer from paralysis from analysis, if you will. Now, has that been an adjustment for you? Because you played in a game where there were some stats, there were some things, but they were real hands-on instruction. And you might not have known uh, right-handed pitcher, two and three count, you know, your tendencies to hit the ball. In a sec- like the sabermetrics, do you think it gets – uh, even like just too much information, information overload, if you will, for a lot of the modern players? Well, yeah, that's that's what I mean by, uh, you know, paralysis from analysis. But I mean, it, it's one thing to know your opponent, but I think it's more important for you to know yourself. And I think that's what we did more so without even knowing, you know what I mean? We, we kind of just wanted to be the best version of ourselves and, and not worry so much about what the other guys were trying to do or what they were trying to do. We felt like if we were the best version of ourselves and, and we executed, that we would have a chance to compete. Whereas now, like I said, this is a really data-responsive data environment, and you know, I don't know if that's uh, the right mix, if you will. Take me back to the beginning. of We're going to go all the way back, but take me back to the beginning of your coaching career. Is, was coaching something that you – always thought you were going to do and, and always wanted to do after your playing days were done? Not at all. Um, <laughs> of course, you know, I had young kids, too, you know, sure. coming through the system. Um, my son was 10 or 11 when I when I uh, retired and just went home and helped his team out, you know, just hanging around them. And that's when I kind of got the bug. You know what I mean? I, I, I realized that, that, uh, that I could have an impact on young men. Um, not just my own, but I, you know, other kids were, were really responding to some of the things that I was trying to teach them. And that's, that's really where I got the bug, just working with my kids' team after I retired. Very nice. And that's, that, it's still got to be a very, very big difference, a big adjustment from obviously working with, with, your, with your children's teams to now several years in uh, managing at, pro, at the pro baseball level. What would you say was early on, maybe not now because you've been in the game for quite some time, what was the first thing you said you had to learn that was different, even though you've been around the game your entire life, played the game your entire life, but as a manager, what was the first thing you felt like you had to learn? Let me, let me give you a little history yeah. first uh, of my career. Um, like I said, I started coaching in 2009, 
with the Cincinnati Reds. That was my first year coaching. I was a hitting coach the first year. Uh, the, the following 11 seasons after that, I managed at every level in the organization. I was a coordinator one year, and in the last four years, I was in the big leagues with the Reds as their first base coach. So I've kind of seen seen the whole thing from top to bottom, from from extended spring training to kids who don't know how to put on a uniform the right way to the highest level. Right. You know what I mean? Like, you know, the Joey Vados and, and just some of the best players in the game. But I think for me, um, initially, the biggest thing I had to learn was patience. Uh, <laughs> Because, like I said, I started at the rookie levels, and I came in, you know, guns blazing. I was gonna, I was gonna fix all these kids and, and turn them all into big leaguers, but that's not reality. Sure. You feel me? So, I think the biggest thing I had to learn was patience, and I'm still working on that today. You know, how, it, how many it, years it, later? Yeah, many, many moons later, I'm, I'm, I'm still working on my patience. You know, oh, and I, I think, you know, that's one thing as a coach or, or as a teacher, you just can't. Um, forget is that you were once a teenager you were once a young athlete you know in the same shoes that these kids are and we didn't we didn't know everything when we first started so I think you just have to keep that in mind be very mindful that that you were once young also and kids are going to make mistakes and so yeah patience was definitely the, the number one thing I had to learn I love seeing you I love seeing you in the coaching ranks I love seeing you in this role and the reason why I love it so much is that when we were even walking in off the record, you introduced me to, to James Wood and, and Trey Lipscomb. There are young, talented black players on this team. I'm going to ask him later in life. I haven't asked him yet. But I don't know how often they get to see someone like yourself, a black manager. It's rare. <laughs> It's, it's rare. I was trying to be diplomatic. No, I was it's, trying to it's, be diplomatic. It's, 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 I, I definitely feel like uh, right now, in today's game, I'm, I'm probably what they would call a unicorn. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. How – take me through some of your experience as a young player and then talk to me about how you would relay some of those messages. So when you were a young player coming up, obviously highly touted, drafted, you know, made your way through, what were some of the things that you had – because believe, you know it's kind of hard to believe, but the percentages of black players. Well, going I, I, the was, ranks I was, was about to cut you off, but I was yeah. just going to allude to that. I yeah. mean, when I came in the game in, in 1990, mm -hmm. um, I think Major League Baseball was 35, 38 percent African American. Okay. So I, I had I had real role models when I came to the big leagues. I had Tim Raines and Old Can Boys and you know Wallace Johnson and Otis Nixon, just veteran black players. That were pretty much on every team, mm -hmm. you know, and then we, we, we joke a lot now, it, you know, when we would go to other towns, we would go to St. Louis and Chicago and different places to play. It, it would be like a family reunion, man. Mm -hmm. You know, it'd be, you know, half a dozen brothers on the other team. We, we'd have six or seven and we'd all get together and chop it up and, and break bread. But, you know, it, it's not like that anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, I think I don't know exactly what the number is, but I think we're down into close to five percent. Opening day was less than 5% yeah, in the major so, league level. Yes. Yep. Um, but Major League Baseball is is doing th some things to kind of uh, help with that situation. You sure. know, the, the MLB develops program sure. is, is putting out putting out a lot of young talent. So I think we're going to see some changes here in the future. It's, it's slow. Um, but I, I think there is some progress being made. You know what I mean? So we'll when, see how it goes. When you see young African-American players that, that have made it, like you said, to the levels where we're at now, especially even throughout your career, is there, is there, what, 
advice, what guidance can you give them that you know because you lived it, they understand, they can relate to that maybe, let's just say, somebody else that doesn't look like them, doesn't come from where they come from, it just, it doesn't translate as well. Have you found that there are certain things that you can talk to uh, players that come, especially from um, not even just inner city environments, but environments that are connected to black culture? Well, I think fathers are very important Mm -hmm. in the game of baseball. You know, that's, that's, that's really where we fall in love with the game as a young kid. You know, you're playing catch with your pops in the backyard or you're playing wiffle ball. So I, I would encourage parents to do more of those type of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, travel ball, I think, is, has uh, – I'm not going to say ruin the game. Speak freely. Speak yeah, freely. The mixtape yeah, speak freely. But, but it's, 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 <laughs> it's definitely – It's made it more difficult. It, it really the has. Point of entry it's, made us, it's made it more challenging for yep. us to participate, first and foremost. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't think it's a prerequisite to, to getting to this level. I think that, you know, with the scouting and, and, and the things that are going on in the game, kids, if you can play, they're going to find you. They, they know who you are. So don't get caught up with, with um, you know, chasing this ball around the country at, at nine years old. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Nine and ten years old. I think it's more important for, for parents to, to spend quality time with their young athletes and, and, and do things like, like you know, play catch with them. Go in the backyard and play catch. Now, 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 not all parents are, 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 are you know, <laughs> talented like that sure. or maybe have baseball acumen, but that's not the important thing. Just mm-hmm. you spending that time with your kid and, 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 and letting them enjoy the game, so to speak, I, I think is real huge. So, yeah, that's one thing that I would tell parents. Just, just you know, save some of that money on them private lessons and, and, and that travel ball and all that stuff and, and, and go play, you know, Play some pickup ball with your kids. Go play a game of wiffle ball in the backyard. You know what I mean? Go play well, catch with your son. Well, that's a good segue because I, I did want to ask you, uh, when did you fall in love with the game of baseball and, and, and how did it start for you? My dad, you know, my pop took me to sign up. I, I really didn't have any interest in the game at that time. I was, I was eight years old maybe. Uh, you know, we played a little baseball in the hood, you know what I mean, when, when we could get enough guys together to play, you know what I'm saying? But that just wasn't our thing. But but my dad, just out of, out of the blue one day, just scooped me up, took me to the sporting goods store, bought me a glove, um, bought me some cleats, and he told me he had signed me up for baseball. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, well, you know, let's, let's go see what this is about. And you know, before long, I was I was loving the game. You know, and that's awesome. Like I said, it wasn't a lot of my friends playing, but but I I it I caught the bug early. When did you realize in your playing career that oh, this this could be something? I could have a career out of this. I'm playing this well enough where I'm a difference maker. I, I always saw myself playing professional sports. Oh, really, you know, from yeah. a young age? Yeah, I always saw myself playing. It was either going to be football, basketball. It was going to be something. But I saw myself playing at a very, very high level. Um, baseball, like I said, was something that that I started playing when I was young. Uh, actually, I, I had a full ride to Villanova out of high school to play basketball. Play basketball, yep. You know, so I was a dual sport guy. And, and even up until that point, I, I really had no intentions on playing Major League Baseball. That that wasn't in the forecast. But But after that first year... I uh, got drafted. I went to Bradenton, Florida to play rookie ball, and I got the plan, and, and I'm looking around. I'm sizing up the competition. I'm like, you know what? I, I can do this. I, I might I might be okay here. You know what I mean? And and, and to top that off, they, they, they came to me about midway through. Uh, the Expos did and had a sit down with me and my, you know, my family, and 
basically they said that uh, they felt the same. They felt like I could get to the major leagues fast, but they wanted me to give up basketball, of course. Okay. So, you know, I, I had to do a lot of soul searching because I really love basketball. And, 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 and ultimately, I uh, ended up calling Roley Massimino. Wow, legend. Yes, I, I ended legend. up calling him on the phone and telling him that I would not be coming to school. That's crazy. And that, that was one of the hardest decisions that I ever had to make in life. Mm-hmm. Um, just, just making that phone call was, was really tough. But in hindsight, you know, things worked out. That's an amazing story. I did not. I knew you. I knew it was you. You had gotten a scholarship. I didn't know you had to call the coach and tell him, "I'm I'm not. I'm not going to make this. uh, Make this trip." Yeah, and 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 actually, that year, I I think I was going to be the only freshman coming in that year to Villanova. So coming off a national championship, national championship powerhouse, you know, going into a really good program with solid leadership and and 100 percent graduation rate. That's important. You know, that was really important. Who were you mentioned it as well, and then playing in the '90s and having a lot of uh, other other black influences and, and veterans around. Uh, who were some of the people that took you under their wing and kind of gave you the game? Well, like I just named a few of them, but you know Tim Raines, mm-hmm. uh, Otis Nixon. There was coaches. Jerry Manuel was one of my first coaches. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tommy Harper was was a coach on our staff. Um, you know Wallace Johnson. Uh, Hubie Brooks, Otis Nixon. I mean, yeah, I could, I could so go. So many. Yes, there were just so many, so many black, more black players uh, when we came into the league. And, it, it, you know, just looking back, I just feel blessed to come into that era of baseball. Um, How do we get more black managers in the game now? What You you took the route. You and, and some would say you're taking the long route, right? You A lot of years now under that code, you gave the resume a little bit earlier. Right. How do we get more... Uh, black managers, black coaches. Not everybody can be a player. There's right. a lot of jobs around players. How do we get more involved in the game? Well, I think we have to have more conversations, like mm-hmm. we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, the just sharing information because baseball is such a different world. As far as you know, it doesn't matter what your resume looks like. <laughs> Very insular. You know, it, yeah, it, it doesn't matter. You know <laughs> how long you played, especially especially when it pertains to. Um, indigenous folks. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, you know, you, you just have to know people. And I think just us, the ones that are, that are in, mm. that are in the system, we, we have to reach back and, and, and share this information and share these opportunities with, with, the, with, the, with uh, young coaches who want to get involved in the game. Absolutely. Coach, I'm going to end on some fun questions. You faced a lot of pitchers in your career. A lot. That's right. Name a pitcher living or dead throughout history that you've never faced, that if you had the choice, step into the box with, who would you want to see? Who would you want to face? Wow, that's a great question. I don't think you really want to face any of the great ones. You know oh, what I mean? Like, you, you, want know. See, you want to see what they got, right? <laughs> don't you want to see what they got? But but I don't know. I got to meet Doc Ellis. Um, yeah. And Doc was such a character. Um Absolutely. You know, just just real eccentric and real, just just you never know what you were gonna get when Doc was on the mound. I think that would have been a fun, fun at bat to face a Doc Ellis. You know, and I'm not making fun, but you know, hopefully he wouldn't be on, on, on LSD at the time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Because he might he might throw the ball That's at me hilarious. at that point. But but Doc Ellis, I don't know. I think it would have been fun facing Old Cam Boyd. Okay. Uh, I never that, got a, I never got a chance no, to face. Okay. Did y'all, the careers didn't overlap? Yeah, just be, just because of their charisma and the way they, yeah. they competed. You know what I mean? It, I just think that would have been 
those would have been some fun at bats. Who who is the uh, pitcher that you did face that you still wake up? Look, you still have nightmares about. That's like I, I don't I don't want to see that again. Randy Johnson. Oh, you know I'm on seven foot. <laughs> Just mean, you know, uh, yeah, you know, didn't really know where the ball was going at times, and just a real uncomfortable at bat. Oh, that's hilarious. All right, I'll give you give you one more, because you are known for your speed and stealing some bases. Who uh, who was the catcher that when you woke up, you looked at the scorecard, you're like, man, I got to face a catcher that might have the ability. Like, no, here's... I guess you I should what? ask. On, yeah. your, on your best days, nobody's throwing Yeah, no, nah, that didn't even matter, to tell you the truth. <laughs> hey, you know, just to... <laughs> in the ad, you know, with the rule changes now in today's game, you what know, you, with, with, the, with the pitch clock and all What do you think about stuff, that? What do you think about that? I, I might have a thousand stolen bases. <laughs> you know, I, I ain't gonna lie. You know, it's, it's, it's ridiculous how they've dumbed the game down. Oh you know what I mean? But, oh. but, but... Yeah, but, you know, oh, what, what was once a real challenging thing to do, stolen bases was, you know, but now I think the game with the pitch clock and everything, it's just, it's gotten easier. You think so? No doubt. But, well, the stealing bases gotten easier, right? You can only throw the, over the pitcher twice. can only throw over twice, right. and he's got a clock on it. <laughs> so, I mean, come on, man. This, this would be like taking, uh, stealing candy from a baby right now. Let me ask this. Who were, you, who were some of your favorite players growing up? Some of my favorite players, yeah, of course, were Ozzie yeah. Smith. Uh, Gary Templeton. Yeah, I was a big fan of Eric Davis, even though I played, you know, against Eric a lot. Yeah, but, yeah. but a big fan of Eric, a big fan of Barry Bonds, Griff, of course, Griffey Jr. Um, just so many. But I think one of my one of my all time favorite guys, and I never got a chance to meet Dick Allen. Really? Yes, but but Dick Allen was 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 just for some reason he was just very intriguing to me. You yeah. know what I mean? He played in an era where you know it was it was a lot of racial stuff going on too, and, mm-hmm. and in Philadelphia in particular, that was a tough town to play in. Back Absolutely, when, that back when Dick Allen was in the league. Absolutely, but this man was was uh, one of the best players uh, in the game that really doesn't get the credit that he deserves. Uh, so Dick Allen would be one of those guys for me. Do you think the the kids that you coach now? Do you think they have it easier or harder, especially the black kids? Well, I, I think it's harder for for black kids. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's there's just not uh, as many opportunities now that the the international market has opened up as well. Yep. You know that was you know during our era it was just starting. You know, but now every Latin American country has an academy. You know, mm-hmm. Asia's involved now. You know what I'm saying? So the opportunities are are, are not as 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 much as they were back when I played. Mm-hmm. But uh, I I would say overall it's, it's probably harder. What is we'll leave on on a on a really positive note in the sense of you and and being able to mold the careers of young people. What's what's the best part of this job for you? Uh, just being present. I think just just being like you said, we're not going to change anything uh, from the sidelines. Mm-hmm. You know, the changes don't take place when you're sitting on the sidelines. You got to be in the game. Uh, you have to be involved. You have to be proactive. So I think just me being being an example. Being visible, uh, being somebody like you said that a, that a Sean uh, that a Trey Lipscomb and James Wood can come into a clubhouse and see, um, you know, an indigenous man in a, in a, in a position of authority. I think that's huge. Uh, so for me, that's it. Coach, we're gonna have to leave it there. It is an honor to have you on the Black Baseball Mixtape. I'm I'm trying to be as cool as possible. That's right. But I'm gonna tell you, uh, I grew up watching you and and a lot of other players on those Expos teams as well. 
Uh, and it is it's an honor to have you on the uh, on the mix Well, you you you're a big part of this, baby. So, like I said, I appreciate you as well. Uh, keep keep uh, keep getting the message out and continue doing what you're doing. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Black Baseball Mixtape. Until next time, we are out. Yeah. Yo, yo, I'm trying to play leaving. Right. See you at the end, bro.